Hello, and welcome to the DMV Business Show, a weekly show where we get to meet local business and community leaders in the DC, Maryland, and Virginia area. They get to impact their story and how they got there. You can expect to hear advice and learn about their journey and how they went from point A to point B. My name is Odo Sevilla, and I'm a commercial real estate advisor in the local DC, Maryland, and Northern Virginia area. I have been very fortunate to have worked with many amazing entrepreneurs and executives, from startup founders to international Fortune 500 companies. And one of the things I love about what I do is I get to form these great relationships with some interesting people. I get to know them and I learn about how it all started. And I love hearing a good business story. When I'm not working in commercial real estate, I just also happen to be the host of this show. So please enjoy and welcome to the DMV Business Show. Hello everyone, welcome to the DMV Business Show. I'm your host, Odo Sevilla, and today our special guest is Sonia Mundra. She's the president of Chiniga Analytic Business Solutions. Welcome to the show, Sonia. Thank you for joining. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yes, thanks again. So as I mentioned offline, I like to start off from the very beginning. Are you from around the DMV area? So I've been living in Northern Virginia and DC for the last 20 years. Um, so originally I'm from Southern Delaware uh, and then came here uh, to this area, to DC, to, to go to college. And so I've definitely been around this area for, for a long time now. So you were born in Southern Delaware? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, grew up there, did high school and everything? Yep. Mm-hmm. How was yep. it? And um, I came here when I was 18. W- yeah. where, where in Delaware? Uh, Seaford. Seaford. Seaford, Delaware. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> how, how was growing up in Seaford, Delaware? Oh, wow. Growing up in the 80s in, in Southern Delaware, <laughs> um, it was different. Um, it was definitely less diverse uh, than it is today. Um, but, you know, people, my family's been there so long. Um, people were, um, were, were good. Yeah. I mean, I think once they got to know us, uh, it was, it was good. No, no major issues. Um, sure. Yeah. What, what, what were you into growing up? Did you have any interest that you can remember? Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I played tennis athletically. Um, so for my high school and everything like that. So that's something that took up a lot of my time was, was ladies tennis in, in high school and whatnot. Um, and, um, I don't know, gosh, you're, you're making me think way back like <laughs> Spanish club and like all that stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Were you, were you fluent in Spanish? Are you? Um, I wouldn't say I'm fluent, but I, I know enough to, to get by. Yeah, it's coming okay. handy. And then, you know, worse come to worse now, there's always Google Translate. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so you were into tennis, and then you said you, uh, you came to the D.C. area due to college? Yes, yes. Okay, where did you end up attending here? Yeah, so I um, attended uh, Georgetown. Uh, and, um, at the McDonough school of business. So I have an undergrad degree in, um, business administration and my concentration was finance. Ah, what what were you, before going to Georgetown, did you have an idea already what you wanted to major in, or did you sort of have to find yourself there and what you wanted? No, I, I pretty much knew, um, that I wanted to do something business related, finance related, um, didn't know a ton about it, um, but, you know, got into it uh, there in Georgetown. I mean, they were one of the few programs that, that did kind of like the MBA, but they did it as a BBA. So they did it for undergrad, because usually to get that kind of training, um, you've got to get an MBA, but they were kind of a front runner in that program. And that's part of the reason I was so interested in them. So I kind of got an MBA, but I got it, you know, as a, as a bachelor's. Um, so, yeah, I really... I loved all the courses that I took. I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, uh, really enjoyed finance. I did internships at NASDAQ and Credit Suisse um, in New York and um, then graduated. Um, and then afterwards, I did, um, I did end up getting a master's degree in accounting from George Washington from GW. Okay. Were, were you thinking back then, Sonia, sort of going the Wall Street route or what were you thinking? Um, I definitely could have done that. I really enjoyed my internship with Credit Suisse, um, but, uh, you know, ended up staying in this area and um, working in client financial management at Accenture, the consulting firm. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I graduated, it was, you know, there was a big recession going on. So um, New York was not 
you know, quite uh, recovered from that. Uh, so uh, ended up staying in this area. Um, and I think it's going to be, we're pretty much here. I mean, it's going to be pretty hard to to leave now. <laughs> yeah. It, this was, when you mentioned graduating, graduating, is this undergrad or master's that you were referring to? Um, yeah. So I, I graduated um, undergrad from Georgetown and then uh, master's from GW. GW. Um, so I did that partially while I was working at Accenture um, and then uh, partially full-time for about a year. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you said at Accenture, you were doing something f with finance or financial related? Yeah, we were managing a portfolio of government contracts. Um, we managed a, a $50 million portfolio of government contracts um, for what was known as our diamond client. Um, and a diamond client at Accenture back in the day was defined as a client where you had $100 million of revenue a year. Um, so Verizon was our client. And then I later moved to the, um, the TSA account. So I got a really good... Um, background there doing what I enjoy, which is, which is finance, um, for both commercial and for government customers. Okay. How long were you there for? Four years. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then I go back to school full time to okay. get my master's. And, um, then after I graduated with my master's, I worked for PricewaterhouseCoopers for a year, um, in, uh, tax services. And okay. I got my CPA, um, while I was working there. Okay. All, all big major companies. A, a, anything that comes to mind, Sonia, that, that you learn working, whether at PwC or at Accenture? Yeah. Um, so, so it's a great place to cut your teeth um, it, and, and honestly learn best practices. I learned a lot about communication with executives and, you know, just over communicating. I learned, you know, how to pick up the phone, uh, you know, if there's an issue and you're going back and forth and back and forth on email, always pick up the phone and, and just really how to work well. I worked with a lot of senior executives at a really young age. Um, so I learned to kind of manage <laughs> that personality. Um, and then also, you know, um, you know, understand how to, how to connect with them and how to on a professional level and, and how to deliver to them like little nuances of how to, how to support people um, who are at that level and, you know, um, demand a lot and have a lot on their minds and need, really need good support. Sure, sure. So you went to PwC and you were there for a while or? I was there for a year. Yeah. Okay. And then I left after my husband and I had our first child. I left the workforce. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you, you eventually came back later yes. or? Okay. Uh, well, I, yeah. So when I went back to, um, decided to start working again, um, uh, I went to Chiniga. I actually was at Chiniga and I have my seven year anniversary with Chiniga on March 4th. Oh, it's coming up. Okay. Coming up. Congrats. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. And what made you decide to go with them? Because this is totally different than what you were doing before. Yeah. Um, I liked, so, so Chinika, even though, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's a bunch of small businesses um, that are wholly owned, but we are wholly owned by large business, our parent company. But um, this was kind of my first small business that I worked at. And I got to be honest with you, I love it a lot um, versus I, I don't know that I could go back to being at a large business. <laughs> um, although our company is growing uh, quite a bit. Um, I, I always like to kind of beat my chest and say, you know, we're a small business, we're a small business. And I thought about it the other day and I was like, I don't know how long much longer I'm gonna be with <laughs> um, Which is a good thing, you know, um, yes. obviously. But, um, but yeah, no, I enjoy doing a lot of different things. Cause I feel like when you're at a large business, you kind of, you know, you're in your role and then, um, you know, you get, you get really specialized, um, which is a great, you know, it's a great thing. But for my personality, I like every day to be different. Um, so when you're at a small business, especially a rapidly growing business, you get opportunities um, to like do different things. So for example, when I started at Chiniga, I mean, that's Chiniga, my career at Chiniga is a perfect testament to that because when I started there, I was a company controller with one of the small businesses, the small subsidiaries there. And um, frankly, because I got to grow with the business and I, you know, they needed, they're a small business, so they need all hands on deck. And so I, you know, was willing to help out and I was rewarded um, accordingly by, you know, eventually 
working as an operations manager, director of operations, and then um, ultimately with starting up a new, um, a new subsidiary, which we, we started up three years ago, um, all under you know, the parent corporation of Chiniga. So um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I know people get promoted um, within large businesses and they can transfer, but you know, I think that kind of environment uh, you know, of all hands on deck and, and, and whatnot, that really kind of led to a lot of opportunities um, for me. Uh, so yeah, I've been at Chine I was I was talking to my boss this morning actually on Teams and I said, you know, I've been I've been here seven years. I feel like I've had a thousand different jobs <laughs> within Geneva. So it allowed me to kind of stay at the same organization, but um, also do a ton of different things and get a lot of like exposure and and a lot of diversity within my um, career. So I'm super grateful um, for that. You learn so much, like you said, since you're you're all hands on deck and you're doing all sorts of things. You're not just, as you mentioned, starting off as a controller, but you were doing a lot of other activities as well. Yeah, um, I was given a lot of opportunities. I mean, I worked hard, but I was also given a lot of opportunities. And so there wasn't like a specific quote unquote track. I kind of, um, you know, you know, you show up and you're there and um, you know, like I said, I was, I was, uh, the company sponsored me to get my PMP. Um, so I got that, um, while I was at Chiniga a couple, I think, yeah, four, maybe four or five years ago, something like that. Um, so, you know, um, and that helped me, uh, kind of transition from going into just like managing financials to managing the full operations of a company. So. Sonia, for those who may not know, can you briefly explain what is Chiniga? What do they do in all the different products and services? Absolutely. Um, so Chiniga is super unique. They are a um, Alaska Native corporation. Um, and what that means is that we are 100% um, owned uh, by our private shareholders, which is the Chiniga tribe of Alaska. Um, Chiniga is a village um, that's about two hours south of Anchorage. Um, I actually was super blessed. I had the opportunity to go visit the village. Um, last summer, and I'm so glad that I did it because of COVID and everything else. There's tons of tra travel restrictions now. And it was a really, um, I look at it as an opportunity of a lifetime to be able to go there. Um, you know, I don't mean to be over the top, but it really was for me. It really was a transformational experience for me to be able to um, actually go up there and see and meet with the people, the actual, the board and, and the village. Um, our board is entirely native Chinegan. Our CEO is native Chinegan. Um, so it was an incredible opportunity to talk to our CEO, talk with our board, meet the villagers, see the village. And what's interesting, I'll give you a fun fact. Um, they have a beautiful um, Russian Orthodox style church with all the art and the ornamentation, and it was absolutely um, breathtaking. So like I said, it was a super transformational um, experience for me. And so, um, so that's kind of the, the um, kind of the background about the Chiniga tribe. Was that, um, I'm sorry, Sonia, was that your first time in Alaska? It was, um, so it was my second time. Okay. I went when I was a child on a cruise, but okay. yeah, as an adult, it was definitely my first time in Alaska and it was long overdue. I mean, they've been telling me, you got to go, you got to go. And it's, it's tough. It's tough to, you know, cause if you're going to go, you, you're taking out a certain amount of time. Yeah. Right. And especially like in the summer and the summer is our busy time <laughs> in government contracting as a small business. So it's, it's hard to make it a priority sometimes, but it was absolutely so much fun. Um, and I got to meet also with our corporate office, um, people that work in our corporate office up there. Um, so that was wonderful to actually put a face with a name. Sure. Um, so Chinega Corporation has been in business since the 1970s. And we've been doing business with the federal government since 1998 um, under what's called our strategic business unit, which is military intelligence and operations support. Um, we are headquartered in Lorton, Virginia, and under our military intelligence and operations support business unit, we call ourselves MIOS, um, we have, I think like 22, 21, something like that, um, little wholly owned, um, well, 
some of them are quite large actually, but wholly owned um, what we call subsidiaries or sister companies. And so each of them are kind of operating in different parts of the federal government. Um, and then uh, the company that I run is SBA 8A certified. It's called Chiniga Analytic Business Solutions. Um, so it's, um, we're, we're in year two of the 8A program. And so what we provide is training, um, administrative mission support, um, IT, cyber, intelligence, logistics, um, to our federal government customers. So, so we're, we're a through and through government contractor. Okay. Wow. And you said you've been, you've been with, with this for two, three years for this, with this company? Yeah. So, so I started out with a sister company. Um, and so I was a company controller. Then I worked as an operations manager and a customer relationship manager and a PM. Um, that's why I say I've been there seven years, but I've had a thousand jobs. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, that company um, was super successful. I mean, when I started there, they only had um, two two contracts, right? So, and that was part of the thing too. Like I had an opportunity to grow with the company as the company grew. So it wasn't like super overwhelming for me, you know, when I first started out there. So so I always say, you know, as a, as a newer company that's just starting out, it's easier to hire people that have, maybe have less experience so they can grow with the company. It's a great opportunity. Um, so, uh, worked as a director of operations, um, you know, managing uh, a lot of work. And, and that company is through and through now a large, has graduated from the 8A program and they're a large business. And then three years ago, um, I was appointed as president and general manager of this new company. Um, and I like to say, you know, it's it's my baby. It's my third child. <laughs> um, uh, and it's called Chinega Analytic Business Solutions. So we started with zero um, and, um, you know, have been growing, you know, made the application for 8A. We're now 8A certified. So we are um, building our capabilities every day. Um, we've been incredibly blessed. It's been a wonderful journey. You mentioned earlier about the tremendous growth you guys are having. So you started a few years back. Do you remember what, what it was back then and what does your team look like now? <laughs> well, back then it was me. Uh, starting at zero. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm pleased to tell you, we, the company um, has, you know, we are private, so I can't give too much financial information, but, sure. but, but I'll flex a little bit and tell you that um, our company is well over $100 million in sales and backlog. Um, you know, uh, just partially, a lot, a lot of it has to do with the Chiniga Myos um, brand. Um, a lot of it is customer relationships that, you know, I worked even back in the day when I was a PM, marketing, engaging with, um, you know, with industry um, and engaging with partners, great strategic partners, and also, you know, directly um, engaging and trying to develop long-term relationships with the government. I'm, I'm very um, kind of fussy when it comes to that. I, I like to engage early um, with the government because sometimes I'll talk to the government and they'll be like, well, we don't have anything. I'm like, I'm not I'm not asking you for anything. I just want to get to know you. This is the first time we're talking. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I like to approach the relationship from a more long-term perspective. And I'll tell you a lot of the stuff that we have gotten. And it's funny, I was just, I was just talking with somebody about this this morning. A lot of the stuff that we've gotten, um, we initially went in for a different requirement and we were not chosen. Um, we were not chosen for whatever reason. Right. But apparently we, you know, we put on a professional, um, uh, kind of, we, we gave a professional presentation, they were impressed with us. And so they picked us, they ended up selecting us for engaging with us again and selecting us for a different requirement. So that's why I always tell the government, you know, I'm, I'm always happy to engage if, if we obviously we want to get picked, but if we don't get picked, we, we still enjoy the opportunity to engage because we learn from it as a small business, like all the feedback that I get. Um, from the government, whether it's positive or negative, right? Mm -hmm. um, from the government, that allows me to tweak things, iterate, um, and improve. And that's always our goal um, as a small business to improve. That's fantastic growth from zero to almost over a hundred mil a year. We're, we're wow. super blessed. Um, <laughs> it's all, it's all, you know, the federal government. Um, and and again, you know, we, um, you know, we we have good capabilities and I have a lot of personal past performance. So, um, and 
you know, we intend to grow more. So that's why I say, you know, I always like to beat my chest and talk about how we're a small business and, and, you know, God willing in a couple of years, I won't be able to, to flex like that anymore. <laughs> you mentioned something just now, Sonia, which it came to my attention. You mentioned about establishing relationships. You would call people and they're like, no, no, there's nothing. There's no RFP or whatever it is. And you're like, I'm just trying to get to know you. Yeah. Is, is that a, not normal for them or... I love that part that it's all about the relationship. And I'm sure that matters a lot too, when it comes down to it. Yeah, I think there, I think that there's some contractors that are out there, especially there's some AA contractors because like our busy season, um, like I said, is in the summer and there's a lot of expiring requirements that have to be on put on contract. AA is a super quick and easy way um, to to get on contract. And, um, you know, apparently there are, I've been told that there are contractors that will call in July, August, will cold call and say, hey, um, we're AA, do you have anything for us? Like first, you know, cold call, right? And, and so I think there must be a lot of 8A contractors mm -hmm. that do that. Otherwise I wouldn't be told that. Sure, um, sure. So uh, that is definitely um, not something that we aspire to do. Yeah. Did, did you learn that from somewhere as far as just, you know, just building that rapport and relationship before any business even gets conducted, if at all? I just... Or is that just, just you naturally? I just don't like it when people do that to me. <laughs> um, so that was kind of, that, that naturally kind of makes me feel very averse. And then also, you know, you take your cadence from the government, right? So, so if you think about the government's posture, the government's posture is to, um, you know, reduce its risk. Um, and the way that they reduce their risk is to um, develop a relationship with you. Right. So, um, you know, you don't, it's, it's risky. If you think about, you just met somebody and you're just going to give them a, I mean, again, like I said, if somebody wants to give me something on the first time we meet, I'm okay with it, but you know, that, that should be their choice. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, you know, that's like, I mean, that's kind of like when you do that, that's kind of like saying, you know, you go on, you go have a coffee with somebody and you're like, okay, well, are we getting married now? <laughs> it's like, <Yeah>. Oh, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, you've got to, and I tell people too, because a lot of people work in, in commercial and I've worked in both, I've worked in government and commercial. Um, and um, government has a really long sales cycle and that's by design because they want to, their job is to be the steward of taxpayer money and to reduce uh, operational programmatic um, risk, right? So um, it's pretty risky to get married on the first date, <laughs> I think maybe. <laughs> No, it definitely is. I, I, I've seen that a lot of people just try to go for the clothes on the first day. Like you said, we need to get to know each other better. Let's go on the second date, the third date, and so on. Yeah, that that is typical in commercial. That might happen more in a commercial world, but the commercial, the typical commercial sales pitch um, does not go well at all <laughs> when you're selling to the federal government. Um, it's much, it's okay to be more aggressive. I think in commercial sales, um, government, you know, doesn't particularly care for um, extreme aggressiveness. Um, so. Did you have a preference as far as whether commercial or the government side you like, you prefer to work with? Yeah. Um, I like both. Um, you know, I do like, I do like both. I mean, there's certainly, so there's certainly red, less red tape <laughs> yes. in the commercial side. However, um, commercial engagements are usually much shorter. So the profit margins are typically higher in the commercial world. Um, it's okay to take your client out to dinner and drinks in the commercial world. In the government world, that is an absolute no-no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, but it's kind of nice too, because I, you know, they're already restricted from doing that, so I don't have to do that. So I think there's pros and cons, um, but I know that in commercial, the, the contracts are typically shorter. Government has longer contracts, but have a little bit less, um, probably I'm sure at, le at, at in general, at, at less profit margin. But I think that makes sense, right? Because if you're giving somebody a longer contract and you have more backlog, um, the profit should be lower, so. Mm -hmm. What would you say drives you and motivates you today, Sonia? 
Um, well, I'm here to support uh, my customers' missions. So um, we want to be deeply embedded with our customers. We want to understand their challenges. Um, we want to understand kind of the missions and the, and the dynamics of everything that we face. And we want to be a partner. And that's why I say we're not here. I, I want to be kind of hand in hand and, and, and really feel their pain, right? Um, so that's what motivates me. Um, uh, I think that um, growing a small business and the team of um, people that I work with, growing them and training them, that motivates me and that gives me, makes me feel good um, to see them excel um, and grow in their careers. Um, that motivates me. And I would say as a mother, um, my children motivate me. Because if, if I'm going to go to work and be away from them, I really want it to be something meaningful and worthwhile. I love that. Yeah, you were mentioning team just now, and I know how important it is having the right team and the team members there. How do you go about recruiting? Where do you find them? What, how do you do all that? Well, we have an incredible recruiting team here at Chaniga, um, and they do a lot of engagement. We have a marketing team as well. So I'm really pleased to tell you that um, we actually won the 2020 um, Best Places to Work, 2020 and 2019 Best Places to Work um, from the Washington Post. And that is not an award you can buy. That is an award <laughs> that is given. I'm just being honest. That's an award that's, that's given. Um, based solely on employee surveys. Oh. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm super proud um, of that, of winning that award, that Chiniga Mayos has won that award two years in a row. Um, we, we've won other awards in terms of, like, um, employing um, military spouses. We're, we're very military-friendly, prior military-friendly, military spouse-friendly. Um, so we do a lot of, like, engagements at, um, like, military-type events where we're trying to recruit people. So our recruiters are always out and about engaging in that way. Um, to, to, to kind of put our brand out there, um, that we're a great place to work. Um, so that helps a lot. Um, but you're right, there is a major war on talent um, right now. And, um, you know, if you go to our Glassdoor profile, you can see um, that, you know, everything's really positive and we monitor it and we and we respond, you know, so when people give suggestions, um, we we definitely take them very seriously and we like to look into it. Congratulations on all those awards. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it was um, it was it definitely helps. Right. When we're recruiting, too, it kind of goes hand in hand. So. Especially when it comes, like you mentioned, the post one, when it comes from the employee, the team themselves. Um, that's great. I'm curious now with COVID and, you know, remotely, how, how are you dealing with that internally with you and your team? How has that affected the organization? So yeah, our, um, so we've done a lot of things. So we have a COVID crisis committee, um, which is basically was formed, you know, um, around like last February or March, whenever um, this started going down. And so they meet regularly and they, you know, we figure out kind of a methodical way to respond to any questions. Like right now, like people are asking questions about the vaccine and things like that. So just kind of getting out ahead. And so making sure that we deliver a standardized message as Chiniga, Myos SBU um, in that rather than, you know, just like a PM being like, oh, I don't know, you know, um, you know, because, you know, sometimes employees ask questions and you get caught off guard and you kind of fly by the seat of your pants. So and we're doing that. We're doing a lot of email communication. We're doing a lot of social media contests on Instagram to try to keep everybody engaged. And um, our Lorton office, actually, we kind of our posture has always our, our office has never shut down. Okay. So our posture has been voluntary telework. Um, so, and, and I like that because I'm the type of person that I like to go into the office sometimes um, working from them. Like even today, like on the snow day, like, you know, I was like, are you in the office today? No, 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 oh, not okay. today, okay. not today. <laughs> but I was like, today would have been a good day. I mean, our office is shut down now because of the snow, sure. but um, but I was like, God, you know, it's so gray outside. It's so nasty. Like I need a change of pace kind of thing. So I like that because, you know, some people don't like working from home. So they, everybody has the option 
to come into our office and work from home. But it's like I said, it's voluntary telework. Cause I know like I myself have kids, other people have kids, kids are out, kids are in um, school, et cetera. So it's whatever everybody feels comfortable in. Sure. However, when people do go into the office um, to work, we do have mandatory masking, mandatory social distancing, temperature checks and everything like that. Like I said, we, we've approached it. Um, our unit, Myos has approached it in a really, um, methodical way. Um, and I think that really gives a lot of comfort um, to our employees. I mean, they want to know that we're listening, we're paying attention, um, you know, and, and we also have when people, if people do get um, or are exposed, we have a standardized process for, you know, the quarantine. And then in order to return to work, they're required to, you know, either quarantine for a certain amount of time or they need to, to show testing. I actually recently um, was exposed um, I ended up not having it, but I was exposed. So I, I followed the process and I actually tested and, and was told, okay, you can come back to the office now. <laughs> so it sounds like you personally like to attend and go into the office on a regular basis, right? I do. I, this whole thing has been a huge struggle for me, honestly, because this whole COVID thing, because I'm a face to face person. Um, so I, I have personally struggled with um, the virtual. Okay. Um, I'm getting more used to it. Um, but like I said, Chiniga has teams. Um, so we can set up uh, like video calls like this where, you know, I like to see people's body language when I'm mm -hmm. talking. Um, otherwise I wonder like, you know, I always wonder like when I'm on the phone, like, are they listening? Are they distracted? Are they playing on their phone? Are they rolling their eyes at what I'm saying? Cause like, if you're, if I'm talking to you, right. If I'm giving a presentation to a customer and I see them face to face or even on video, I can see like, okay, your eyes are glazing over. Let me move on to the next topic or you're really interested or, you, you know, like, and then I can expand more. So I like to be able to tailor my presentation based on people's body language and you can't necessarily do that on the phone. Um, so yeah, I, I do enjoy um, uh, engaging with people face to face and I am ready uh, to start attending conferences again at when it's safe to do so uh, and, and start engaging with people face to face. I'm, 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 I'm over this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand that that's good that you're going in often into the office. I'm curious though, with the, with the rest of the team there in your Lauren office, would you say half or choosing to sort of telework or stay home or what's the percentage you see actually coming into the office or working yeah, remotely? Good, good question. Um, most are, are on telework. Okay. Most are choosing to telework. Yeah. So you're right. probably alone in the entire office then basically. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm close to being alone. Yes. I'm close to being alone. And, and like I said, I mean, um, it's just, it's just nice for me to kind of get my mind right. Um, especially with all the RFP and I honestly like half the time, I just bunch up all my printouts and I go and I have a printer at home, but sure. a government solicitation is usually 200 pages or more. So um, we had a couple that dropped recently. So uh, I said, okay, time for me <laughs> to get everything printed out. And, and I'm the type I need to, I need to print. I like, you know, I'm, uh, I need to print stuff out. Sometimes I understand. I, I understand. understand it. Yeah. You, you've had such a, a rich career, Sonia, thus far, and, and you still have a long, long, long ways to go. I'm curious, what is it you're most proud of thus far in your career? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I, I'm, I'm proud of um, the people that I've worked with. Um, I have some people uh, that I've worked with at Chiniga that have gone on to um, perform in their career. They've been promoted. They're on the management team now. Um, that makes me the most proud. I should tell you that I should be proud of the sales and the revenue, and I am proud of it, but um, I'm most proud of the people that I've worked with and that I've trained um, that have gone on. And, and they don't, you know, a lot of, some of them don't work for me anymore. They work in other different departments in Chiniga. And so whenever I see their managers, I'm like, just, just remember, I trained them. You know, I was the <laughs> one that trained them and, and whatnot. And so that, that makes me feel good that even if they're not working for me, if they're working in different departments in Chiniga, that um, their managers are really happy with them and they're growing in their careers. So That's great. That's great. I'm happy to hear that. What's your biggest challenge right now with your role in Chiniga today? 
Oh gosh, bandwidth. <laughs> um, I mean, again, it's it's nothing to complain about. You know, I always remind myself, I'm like, you know, we're blessed, and sometimes it, you know, you know, I don't know what it is. Our RFPs always drop all at the same time. I have four going on right now, um, but but again, I can't I can't complain. It's what we want. It's what we, you know, I'm I'm incredibly flattered and happy that the government wants to engage with us. I just sometimes wish it wasn't all at the same time. <laughs> but, um, but, but we moved to the customer's tempo. Uh, so, you know, um, yeah, bandwidth. Um, I, I, it's, yeah, I was, I was actually talking um, this morning with my boss about it because I don't want to take on too many direct reports right now because, because I have a couple and I want to be able to spend time training them and spend time coaching and mentoring them. Um, so I wish I, I wish I could give more of myself to that. Um, and then our customers too, right? Like I have to work, you know, I'm working, not have to, but I, I want to engage with our customers. I always tell our customers, you know, always, always, always pick up the phone and engage with me. So um, I, if I could uh, clone myself three or four times, uh, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one of you though. Yes. Yeah. What do you know now that you wish you would have known at the start of your business career? Yeah, good question. Um, so I wish that I had been more um, assertive. Um, so that's not something that, that women are naturally socialized to do. Um, so um, that's, that's okay in your um, personal life. It's okay to be, um, uh, you know, you don't have to be necessarily assertive in your personal life and when you're, when you're with your family. Um, so I have a different personality when it comes to my family life. Um, I don't want to be in charge <laughs> when it comes to my family life, honestly. Um, but in the workplace, um, you have to be more assertive. Um, so that was not something that came naturally to me. It took me a long time to, to get to the point that I am. But people who know me now would never believe that I was never assertive. Um, at all. I, I was a major, I'm shy, I'm an introvert, and I'm a total wallflower. Um, that's how I was even when I graduated from college. So I would have never thought that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's a learned, it's a learned behavior. So we'll talk, um, and I'll talk with people, and then I'll, you know, go somewhere after work for, you know, two, I'll go upstairs and watch Netflix for two hours, <laughs> um, give the hairy eyeball to anybody who wants to talk to me. I definitely need that quiet time and thinking time to recharge. Yes. So um, I think that's called like an ambivert or something. So I, I agree. I, I think I'm sort of similar that when I, when you need to extrovert, you need to go. It's like the light switch. Okay. It. It's on and it's on. It's like the show. Let's go. And if not, then I can just be at home and just relaxing and just leave me alone and just quietness. You don't need that constant, especially if, if you're doing a lot of communication and talking throughout the day, which <laughs> I do. And I don't know. I'm sure it sounds like you do as well. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't, um, necessarily like, I think extroverts get energized over conversation. Um, I do what I have to do to engage with the customer and truly like, like I said, government sales is not like commercial sales. So you don't have to be as, you know, um, uh, assertive. Uh, but, um, yeah, after I spend a lot of time, I don't, I like to keep my weekends free. I mean, I, I love to just kind of be in my little bubble with my family. So I, I might say that's a little bit of a silver lining of COVID, like <laughs> um, a little bit. Uh, I don't, um, I like to just, you know, just spend quiet time with my, my very immediate family, my kids and everything like that. I don't need to be like out and about socializing with people on the weekend. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned being assertive for women. I was just having a conversation about this with my wife, also CPA, and uh, she works for a tech company here locally. And I think she just finished reading um, Lean In or, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we were in, and she sees it most of the time in the executive level, very, very few women and firsthand experience. She's telling me this and I'm seeing it too as well. And about women sort of, a lot of it she sees lacking that assertiveness and we were just having that conversation. Do, do you, what do you think that are, that comes from as far as women and, and feeling that way? 
we're not socialized. We're not socialized from, you know, to talk too much. We're socialized to, you know, not in smile, not make waves, not make anybody angry. Um, and I think, um, you know, we're socialized to not be aggressive and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's nature nurture. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, that brings up a good point too. Um, we also, it's good, it's good for us to change ourselves, but it's also important to have male sponsorship in the workplace to enable us, to give us the freedom to be assertive. And so I'm super blessed because I have that with my boss. Um, he always makes sure that I get enough airtime to speak. He makes sure that nobody interrupts me um, when I'm speaking. Um, in fact, he encourages me. He's like, you need to speak up more in meetings. Um, and then we meet um, on a regular basis, because sometimes I'm not always comfortable sharing my ideas in front of a large group, honestly. And he knows that. And he knows that sometimes I may be much more comfortable just sitting one-on-one -on -one with him talking um, and giving ideas like about the business just in general. And so um, that, that understanding and being sensitive to that and making sure that there's space for me, um, because I am the first um, woman president that that he's appointed um, in within the strategic business unit since its inception. So he makes sure, I mean, it's not enough to just appoint people, you have to support them too. Um, so he does a really good job of being very, very sensitive um, and cognizant of that. And so we need more male sponsorship and allies um, in the workplace. It's so true, Sonia, about the sponsorship. It just remember, I just remember just, I'm having this conversation and my wife was telling me how um, she was at a public CPA firm for a while. And, you know, we have small children and immediately I forgot after, I don't know, we, ha we have three, three young boys. I don't know if it was after the second one or which one. Um, one of the partners there, a, a female woman, sort of almost saying, okay, now you're sort of going to have less hours you're it wasn't coming track. from my, yeah, the yeah. mommy track, just putting her sort of almost benching her and it, it wasn't coming from her. And now she's at a tech company dealing with C-level executives, mostly males, very few females, not once, not once. They're, they're all sort of pushing her up and she loves it because now you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're raising yourself at a different level yeah. and yeah. Chaniga has never, I got to really hand it to them. I mean, they have never put me ever one time, not one time on the mommy track. However, um, my boss has always given me the flexibility um, that I do need as a mom. So he acknowledges um, that I'm, you know, facing different challenges um, than my peers. Um, uh, because, you know, frankly, most of my peers are older and so they have adult children. Um, so he, um, he lets me feel comfortable talking about my kids and things like that. He encourages it because it's a really a family environment. So I feel like I don't have to hide um, that I have kids. So he acknowledges it and he supports me um, uh, in that way. Um, but uh, never ever one time has assumed um, that, you know, um, there's any limitations, uh, you know, within the career or that it's somehow different for me because I'm a mother. So yeah, that that's one thing that has been marked. And, and you're right, there's certain, maybe that's a corporate culture thing. Um, yeah. It sounds like at that tech firm that your wife is working at, it's never even come up. It's never even occurred all. to them to think that, you know? Yeah, it so is. that's it, great. Yeah, it's very much the culture. You, you were just mentioning sponsor and, and it just made me think, is there any big mentors that come to mind as far as how they influenced you and your career and what have you learned from them? Yeah, I mean, again, my boss is my mentor. Um, so, um, you know, uh, so my boss is the president of the strategic business unit. His name is John Campagna. And, and honestly, I mean, I know there's like, I know they always say your boss, you know, shouldn't be your mentor. You should have a different mentor. It's not good, but, but it's worked out really well for me because a lot of the stuff that we talk about in our business or that the business challenges that I'm dealing with, um, they're confidential, they're company confidential. It's not something that I can share in a business round table. Um, and they're very unique. I mean, a lot of the issues that I'm dealing with are not generic. They're very unique to being a tribal corporation, unique to being an 8A corporation in 
um, the business. And so he's been with Chinigo for 20 years. Um, you know, he's seen so much. And so I do come to him a lot and I say, look, I need counsel. Um, this is where, this is the issue that I'm facing, or this is the question that I have. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? So it's always great to get his perspective and I don't have to worry about, um, lack of confidentiality. Um, so, and then the other, um, people that I rely on is I will call some of my peers, um, who are Chiniga presidents within the strategic business unit, um, that may be further along in the 8A program or have graduated, um, and give them, ask them questions, um, and they give me really good advice. So yeah, I'm kind of limited on my business challenges, um, on how much I can speak about those. So yeah, that's, that's, um, that's who kind of has influenced me. And then, um, from a family perspective, my mom and my brother have um, definitely um, significantly influenced me. And I also talk to them about business challenges. Um, uh, and, and they give advice that's like, you know, kind of outsider advice. So that's kind of fresh for me too. That's great. I, I love how you started seven years ago there at, at your level and where you are now as president. A any maybe key advice you can give to someone in a company where there's obviously that room for growth what, what has helped you in your career that you can give to them? Yeah, um, I mean, I think it's important to, um, you know, if you see that you've got bandwidth, like that's how I was, I had bandwidth and I just said, hey, you know, um, I can see you guys are really busy. Is there anything I can help out with? Um, and and so this is, a, this is gonna be a loaded topic, but negotiation, um, I know, I'm going to get crucified for this, but uh, I know how important it is for women to negotiate. I know how important it is for everyone to negotiate. I get it. But I also only, not only, but I also believe in negotiating when I have leverage, right? So um, I think it's important to, to get in, and I want to be really careful how I say this, get in, do the work, learn, focus on that skill set, focus on the mission, um, and I don't want to sit here and tell everybody, well, sit back and wait, the money will come. I don't, I don't agree with that. Um, you do need to negotiate, but then I think that kind of puts you in a good position to then, you know, talk to the people who, you know, who make those decisions and say, look, you know, I've done this, I've done that kind of gone over and above in my role. Um, you know, what do you think about X, Y, and Z? Um, and then we have a conversation about it. Um, so, so yeah, it is important to advocate for yourself. It's very important to negotiate, but I do think, um, it's also, there's gotta be a balance, right? There's gotta be a balance between supporting the mission and learning and, and, and of course, absolutely. Everyone should always, always negotiate. Yeah. Coming to a close here now, what does the future hold? What does the next five year looks for you in Chiniga? Yeah, well, um, so we are, uh, like I said, in year two of the 8A program, um, we are continuing to, um, to, to grow the company, to grow my team. Um, I hope that, you know, I hope, you know, I always tell my, my deputy, I'm like, you're going to be running this company someday, you know, and she's like, no, I don't want your job. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I, I want to see growth in, in, the, in my people. Um, I, I anticipate to, you know, to see growth um, within the company. And I want to kind of increase our customer set, our core capabilities. I want to continue to learn um, and, and just kind of reach out and touch people as much as I can. I mean, post-COVID. Post yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm super excited for the future of our company and of Chinega Mayos. Um, you know, our company, like I said, it's not just our company, but Chinega Mayos is growing very, very rapidly. Um, so, uh, so I'm definitely excited um, about the next five years, for sure. When you're not busy working, Tony, what do you like to do for fun in your free time? Yeah, um, so we, we like to, you know, um, net, do the Netflix binging, right? What are you so, binging on um, now? Uh, Queen's Gambit. Okay. And I'm oh, late. That's I'm great. delayed, you know, because that came out in, you know, whatever months ago. So whenever that's a great people are, show, what I are you binging it. on? I'm yeah. like always six months behind <laughs> on everything. But oh my God, Queen's Gambit. And I love fashion too. And that is just like, I don't know if your wife likes fashion. Um, I think she probably does, but that is like 
the dream come true. Like her clothing is a dream come true for anybody that loves fashion. So, um, and it's just great. So, so, um, and it's great to see her, um, you know, defeating everybody and, and kind of going into a male oriented environment with chess and stuff like that. So love Queen's Gambit. I'm waiting for um, the next season of Narcos Mexico. Um, I love that show too. Um, what else? We're watching, we're rewatching Breaking Bad. Okay. Um, so yeah, all of those, all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Those are all good shows. Okay. Where, where, if people want to connect with you, learn more about you at Chinigo, where can they reach out? Where can they find out more information? Absolutely. Um, so um, they can email me. Um, my email address is sonia.mundra at chinigo.com. Um, they can connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a note and let me know, hey, I saw you on, you know, this podcast or whatever. Um, uh, so that'll, that'll help us connect. Um, we, you know, there's, there's links to our website. It's www.chinigaabs.com. And I am unusual because I give out my cell phone number. So it's 202-527-2511. Yeah, I mean, I was talking with some guys and they were like, this is insane that you give your cell phone number. It's plastered all over the internet. So there are, there are lots of ways to get in touch with <laughs> I hope you don't get a lot of spam calls and actually it's, it's, it's something interesting. You know, weirdly, I don't. Okay, that's good. I weirdly don't. Um, I think somebody, people are probably just assuming that that cell phone number goes to like an administrative assistant or something like that, like some sort of gatekeeper. It's, it's actually ridiculously foolhardy um, that my phone number is plastered literally <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, no, weirdly enough, I, I don't. I think, you know. So far, everybody's been um, super respectful. So yeah, uh, until that, uh, and so I'll be able to keep it up as un until uh, until that doesn't happen. So right now we're we're good to go. seven years going. We're good to go. So great, Sonia. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Bye. You too. Bye bye. If you haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review and comment and let me know what you think. Thank you, and I'll see you all very soon on the next episode.